What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. Uh, we finally made it. We are on the other side of the 2022 NFL Draft. We know where all the rookies are going to be playing this year, so you're probably, uh, if you're watching this, you might have some Dynasty Drafts already going, or otherwise you are doing some research to kind of get caught up on things. So uh, with this video, <clears throat> I'm simply going to outline kind of all the quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends that you guys need to know uh, for this year. And I'll just give you my take and, and say whether I'm interested in them uh, in Dynasty or, or even for redraft purposes as well. Because we know uh, of late, sometimes rookies have some very valuable uh, rookie seasons for us in redraft league. So uh, I did put the link uh, in the description below if you want to follow along and check this out. And again, this is the 2022 Dynasty Rookies Draft Recap. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with an overview here. And uh, I like to record these stats. I've been logging these since 2016. Uh, in, in this year's draft, nine total quarterbacks drafted. That's the lowest uh, since I've been getting tracking them since 2016, which I thought was a little interesting. So that's roughly two and a half below average. Uh, usually there's 11.57 guys total drafted. Um, <clears throat> the running backs, kind of smack dab right on average. We had 22. That's up from uh, 2021 and 2022, an average about 21.43 backs over the last seven drafts. Receivers were a little bit down. I that's what's funny is this was like a strong receiver class, especially a top-heavy one at that. Uh, only 28. That tied the second. Uh, that tied the fewest uh, since I've done this over the last seven years. And then the tight ends. We set a record for tight ends uh, drafted in this one. There's an average of about 13 and a half, you know, each year. This year we had 18 total tight ends. So we'll get into some of those guys. Um, and then this. This one, uh, I like this chart because it shows you uh, what round each player or I guess each position was drafted in. So you see the one QB, Kenny Pickett, six wide receivers dominating the first round. Round two, another wide receiver dominance. And it's not till round three where you see the quarterbacks some tight ends come off the board and then you see the, the running backs and the receivers numbers match those. So I think rounds three, four, and five are extremely interesting. You're going to find some guys uh, in the weeds there for our dynasty drafts, but I'm, I'm really digging the prospects in rounds one and, and two, and we'll see if we can shine some light on some guys for you in the third and fourth round. So that's the recap. That's just kind of the overall numbers that I wanted to get into. Uh, and we're going to do this by position. So let's get this started with the quarterback group. And I, I can, uh, I think it's pretty clear to see the NFL uh, and all the, the GMs and all 30, Two teams were pretty underwhelmed with this year's quarterback class. It didn't, we had to wait until number 20 to get a quarterback off the board. And then after that, we had to wait until 74. Um, so with, with this one, Kenny Pickett going to Pittsburgh, he's going to be locked in uh, a quarterback battle with Mitchell Trubisky. I think we're going to probably see Mitchell Trubisky get his chance to, uh, to start this season and see how long he can last. I, I, you know, I do projections and if I had to just put a number to my head right now, we're maybe looking at Kenny Pickett maybe starting in the second half of the season if it goes well, if it goes bad, uh, or if Mitchell Trubisky can kind of keep just uh, keep things on track and get the defense and the running game going. Uh, I think Kenny Pickett might just have to take a redshirt year. And really, all of these quarterbacks. I think if you're drafting dynasty leagues or redraft leagues, we're not going to really expect any of these guys to play this year unless some some crazy injury or Desmond Ritter just comes out of nowhere and beats Mariota uh, I think that's probably what uh, is going to happen but Kenny Pickett we have to watch and see uh, you know how he looks in training camp he's, he's probably going to have a 50-50 shot at this with Mitchell Trubisky so I'm excited about that I think if you're drafting uh, I, I probably wouldn't spend a top five pick on him, even in super flex leagues I think he's an end of the first round uh, kind of guy and especially if you need a quarterback He's probably the one guy to go ahead and look at. Uh, otherwise, I think I'm going to be fading this position uh, strongly. I do really like the Desmond Ritter spot, though, and there's not a lot of pressure on him. At pick number 74, the 10th uh, pick in the third round, 
surprised that he was quarterback number two off the board, but I like the fit here, especially with Mariota ahead of him. Now, I think Mariota, it's a little bit different uh, compared to the Trubisky picket case. I think there's a, a, a strong chance that Ritter could just impress us and eventually take Mariota at some point during the season. So I would say if anyone, maybe Desmond Ritter has the best chance to get some playing time this year. So I, I think I'm going to probably value Desmond Ritter in the second round of drafts. And again, with Atlanta, they did add some pass, pass catching weapons uh, that we'll like and look at later. Uh, but Desmond Ritter with his legs, nothing really going on in Atlanta. They're going to get another top pick uh, next year. So I, I like Ritter. If, if I had to pick one in terms of value-wise, that's the most exciting one. Uh, Malik Willis. A lot of people had him as potentially the first quarterback off the board. I never saw it. I actually had him ranked really low on my quarterback board. I think he struggles to see the field, and he's going to want to take off with his legs more often than not. So uh, for me, he was a struggle. Uh, it, it, was, it was tough to watch him on tape just because he really couldn't hang uh, and, and make the decisions uh, mentally down the field. But he's going to wind up in Tennessee, a run-heavy team. Uh, we, we could see a lot of fun things with Malik Willis in a year or two. I think for now, though, Ryan Tannehill's got that job on lock. Uh, we're only going to see Malik Willis unless an injury. So for me, in a dynasty draft, like I'm not, I'm not taking Malik Willis uh, until – I won't think about it until the third round. And really, all these guys, the rest of the way, I'm not going to think about them until the third or the fourth round. But Malik – an injury to Ryan Tannehill, it could be some fun fantasy numbers. I guess we saw, you know, Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley. You know, that's kind of the the, the spectrum, I think, from Malik, Malik Willis. I actually think Tyler Huntley is better than Malik Willis, but uh, he could end up being a Tyler Huntley-type uh, player here. And I guess uh, before I get any farther, I want to say for, for best ball leagues, I might be taking Desmond Ritter uh, with my last pick in a couple of leagues here just as an extra quarterback for you. Uh, now we'll get to Matt Corral uh, out of Ole Miss. I, I really like Corral. I think he's got probably the best toolbox to work with. Super athletic. You can kind of do a little bit of everything. So that's why I liked him. I'm still a raw prospect, but I think his upside and his ceiling are up there with all these guys, and if not, a little bit greater. So he goes 94th overall. I want to applaud the Panthers for not reaching, not you know panicking and taking a quarterback. Like if they would have did that at six, like, oh, my goodness. Um, so congrats, Panthers. You guys waited and got one of my favorite quarterbacks, Matt Corral, uh, 94th overall. And, again, if, if you guys are picking dynasty players, I <sighs> – Kenny Pickett's going to cost a late first. If if you if you need a quarterback, I get it. Otherwise, I think Desmond Ritter is the guy round two. And then if, if you need one in the end of round two, Matt Corral, I think I think those are my two value guys, Ritter and Corral. I like them the most. Uh, moving on here, Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky. Interesting landing spot with New England, but with Mac Jones there, uh, he's only going to see the field in case of emergencies or assuming Jarrett Stidham. Nice to see you. Nice to know you. Uh, and then Brian Hoyer. We'll see if he can lock down the spot. But Zappi, a developmental guy, really strong and really tough. So that's, that's interesting that the Patriots took him at 4.32. Uh, and then in the fifth round, we finally saw Sam Howell. I, I'm super interested in Sam Howell late. I think in the fourth round, uh, maybe even late third, I guess, what do you got to lose? Sam Howell going to be backing up Carson Wentz for at least a year. You know, So when you draft Howell, you're, you know you're not going to get him unless there's an injury to Wentz or even Taylor Heineke. So he's kind of sitting behind there. Uh, but I'm super interested in Sam Howell. I thought he uh, was on a team last year <clears throat> that was gutted You know, from the 2021 draft. He lost both of his starting running backs and a handful of receivers. So uh, Sam Howell, I, he might be one of the gems of this draft class. 501, uh, really good pick by Washington. But again, you're not going to get anything from him this year. Be patient. Be patient on Sam Howell. Again, I think Ritter, Ritter, Corral, and Howell. Those are my three guys. Uh, Oladukin. 
Pittsburgh, South Dakota State, just something to monitor there. It's interesting that they did take another one. Skylar Thompson, Miami, just another backup there. And then Brock Purdy, interesting. Uh, so I don't really have fantasy thoughts on those guys. And again, uh, to recap, Kenny Pickett, he's a late first-round pick. I think if, if he wins the job outright, we're, we'll be interested in some redraft league, especially for super flex. But again, rookie quarterbacks this year is just not the year to be uh, starting and drafting rookie quarterbacks for super flex leagues. Uh, but Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, those are the values uh, of this class. So let's move it on here. We're going to start here looking at the uh, the class of 2022, the running backs. A lot of names here. I, I, I'm, I actually think this is a really strong class here. It's, it's deeper than I think we normally see. Of course, at the top, it, Brees Hall, the Jets moving up to take Brees Hall was very interesting. Uh, and actually, it's quite, quite disheartening. Uh, not only for Michael Carter, but it's like, dang it, Brees Hall, man. Like, he was supposed to be the... He's, he was supposed to be the all, you know, everything, all down everything back. And, and now you're going to get him paired up with Michael Carter. That's going to limit some of his PPR upside. So a little bit frustrating with that. But I I mean, in terms of the Jets and Zach Wilson, like that's like this is what you wanted. The Jets <clears throat> will get to their receiver that they got later, too. Uh, but fantastic for the overall offense of the Jets. But for Brees Hall's fantasy value. I think a lot of people are still going to rank him as the first overall pick in dynasty uh, rookie drafts, but man, it's like, it's, it's a major bummer. He's a really good pass catcher. And now he's got to deal with Michael Carter. Uh, hopefully there's a way that both these guys can eat and Brees Hall can at least be, uh, you know, a, a low end running back one, but probably a pretty strong running back too, uh, with Carter still being a PPR running back too. Uh, very interesting. So the one-on-one, but again, it, it's not, it doesn't feel as good as it could have been if you would have went uh, to a team like Atlanta or Houston, a team that really needed a starting running back. So Brees Hall, still the one-on-one, uh, but Kenneth Walker might actually have a better landing spot here. He's with Seattle at the 41st overall pick, uh, very productive out of Michigan State. I liked what I saw from him uh, in He's got Rashad Penny, you know, the injury prone. It seems like every year Rashad Penny has been uh, dealing with something. And what this pick tells me, this pick tells me more about Chris Carson than it does about uh, Rashad Penny. So I think with Carson and his neck injury, to invest a second round back, I don't think we're expecting good things from Chris Carson this year. So it's looking like a Kenneth Walker with a Rashad Penny uh, as as kind of the backup here. So I'm going to expect Kenneth Walker could he could actually have the better season uh, of the running backs that we see here. So I like Kenneth Walker. He's worth you know I think you can make an argument for him as the one on one, especially if you're drafting later and we see some more things. Uh, but he's definitely a top two, top three pick. Uh, and for redraft, I want to just point out that Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, both these guys will be used uh, as uh, running back twos probably in redraft, I think. And then if anything happens to Michael Carter or Rashad Penny, it's going to be wheels up for both of those guys. So I'm feeling very strong, uh, strongly about them. And then we go, uh, we got one more second round running back who I'm actually thinking value-wise, this is the guy that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably pound the table on. Uh, and it's James Cook. Buffalo got him in the in the the end of the second round here. Buffalo was rumored to take like Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker early, but instead they wait. They get the brother of Dalvin Cook, which I think is fantastic. And I mean, let's be real here. Zach Moss probably lost his shot last year. We saw Devin Singletary carry the load down the stretch and end up with like nine touchdowns in the final six games in the in including the postseason. So uh, it was all Devin Singletary at the end of the season. I think you're probably looking at James Cook being the better in between the tackles guy and uh, sure Devin Singletary is still probably going to have uh, some work there at, in the passing game, but it's, it's kind of, 
it's kind of looking like the outlook for James Cook in a year or two, man. If, if Singletary and Zach Moss kind of disappear and, and they don't get re-signed, James Cook in a year or two, like I could, I, I could see this being uh, a blowout. James Cook might, he could maybe be the best uh, fantasy value in a year or two. So I believe Devin Singletary's, uh, I think it's his fourth year. I'm not sure if he's going to be re-signing with the team. Uh, and then uh, Zach Moss is entering his third year. So both those guys, you know, have been up and down. Singletary looked really strong last year. But keep an eye on James Cook. I think in the early second round, uh, I, I'm, I'm open to adding him, uh, especially if you have multiple picks in the second round, just take James Cook. Not only are you taking a really strong back from Georgia, but you're getting the running back on the Buffalo Bills. That Just, again, patience, be rewarded. Uh, anything happens to Cook or anything happens to Moss or Singletary, you could be looking at some really nice things out of James Cook. Uh, we're moving on here to the third round. We had to wait a, a long time into the third round. Pick number 27 by Tampa Bay. They get Rashad White. Really good pass catching back. We'll see. Uh, th this kind of just, you know, just puts the kibosh on Keyshawn Vaughn. I still am open to him having some fantasy value. But uh, to me, it's going to be Fournette and then Rashad White as the the, the probably the, the leg up on the number two spot. So he's a fun guy. We know Leonard Fournette got paid by Tampa Bay, uh, but man, again, in a year or two, who, who knows who the quarterback will be, but I think Rashad White, a lot of people really liked him for his passing chops. I think he could be a fun pick. And again, in the late, you know, mid to late second round, I think that's probably where he's going. Now, I don't know much about Tyrion Davis-Price, uh, but I, I, anytime Sam Fran takes a running back, I pay attention, so uh, I'm not sure on his draft capital. It's probably uh a third an early third round pick or if you're sitting there at the end of the second and it looks good I, I don't think you can go wrong with san francisco running back i am pretty intrigued though you have elijah mitchell you have trey sermon you have jermichael hasty you have jeff wilson you have a lot of running backs there in san francisco so that's why i think uh probably not going to touch him till round three now brian robinson jr this one was very interesting and there was um there was like a trail there's like a trail of breadcrumbs before the draft the Washington Commanders were bringing in a ton of running backs uh, for their draft visits, which to me uh, immediately gave me worry on Antonio Gibson. So they, they did get J.D. McKissick back. So not only um, <clears throat> are you going to – if you look at Gibson's numbers from the last, the last season, he didn't really take off until uh, J.D. McKissick got hurt. And now with McKissick coming back and then adding Brian Robinson Jr. to compete with Jarrett Patterson as the, as the kind of the, the main primary backup, uh, you're looking at just more more talent for Antonio Gibson to have to hold off, man. And if, if he gets hurt, you know he's had chronic foot problems uh, and he's kind of just had fumbling issues. I'm nervous about Antonio Gibson. And I think uh, if I have Gibson, I might want to try and handcuff him with Brian Robinson or otherwise round three, man. Brian Robinson uh, could be a fun pick to just kind of stash uh, but I think we'll move on here into the fourth round. And I know typically as far as dynasty running backs go, you want a guy in the first, second, or third round. But there is sometimes exceptions. And I think we're looking at one here in Damian Pierce. Houston Texans drafted him the second pick in the fourth round out of Florida here. And I'll tell you what, guys, the depth chart in the Houston Texans backfield, let me uh, let me pull this up actually because it's it's kind of just like a, like a little uh, – retirement home for running backs. Uh, let me actually pull this up a little bit here. So you got Marlon Mack, who's slated to lead the team, Rex Burkhead. You have Dare Ogunbowale. Damian Pierce is slotted in here as the number three. And I thought they had maybe one more guy. I thought Royce Freeman was still kicking it here. I think that's correct. Royce Freeman and Darius Anderson. So they have a lot of older running backs. Damian Pierce, technically, I think he's the only guy under contract for the 2023 season. So 
if you want to wait and be patient, I'm really into Damian Pierce. I'd even take him. I mean, I take him over Rashad White. I think I, I think as far as running back rankings go, I'm going to go Reese, Kenneth Walker, James Cook, and then I'm going to put Damian Pierce at number four, just because uh, I think a lot of people are underrating this Houston Texans offense. I think Davis Mills uh, could take another step forward with a healthy, uh, healthier defense and a healthier situation, uh, and then probably Brian Robinson at my my number five there, just in case. But Damian Pierce, uh, get familiar with him. I, I think I think he's going to get a lot of a lot of shot. Uh, towards the middle to the end of the season again it's it's going to be a war of attrition for these houston texans you're going to probably look and, and see the veterans get you know early workload we'll see if lovey smith rewards those veterans but uh, <clears throat> i have a feeling that once we see damian pierce play he's going to look really really good uh zamir white uh, las vegas uh you know took him in the fourth round from georgia i like zamir white <clears throat> not as good as james cook but the georgia running back system uh, was very good for him and interestingly enough uh, the Raiders did not pick up the fifth-year option on Josh Jacobs. So if that interests you, a third-round pick on Zamir White, I think that's you know snagging some of these backup running backs and just holding on to them and seeing where their value changes in a year or two. Because we kind of know if, if a running back can play, he can play really quickly. So that, that's why I don't mind investing a third-round pick in some of these guys. Isaiah Spiller, another one here. He's going to be the number two back. I, I believe he's going to run away with the number two job in the Chargers system. You have Eckler. But Josh Kelly's been disappointing. Justin Jackson's no longer there. Uh, and, and it's kind of just an open spot there for number two. I really like Pierre Strong here as well. He's going to be – so they, they they brought back James White, the Patriots did. Uh, but you're going to look at Pierre Strong and see some very good similar, similarities here. I think he can be an all-purpose back and one that can catch passes and just and kind of learn from James White. Maybe 2023, we see a bigger role for him, uh, and we'll see where he can go. Uh, Hassan Haskins, though, he's going to be the backup in Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee did not really retain uh, any of their running backs that they had last year. I think they maybe just added uh, – who did they have? I think I can't remember his name. Uh, but they let, uh, they let their big back go. Why can't I read right now? Depth chart. So they did bring back Dontrell Hilliard. That's who it was. But they let – uh, the guy, the guy with the Achilles, I can't remember his name, but Hassan Haskins, man, he steps right into the number two role. If anything happens to Derrick Henry, who we know has a lot of mileage, uh, as far as the third round pick, like I'm, I'm trying to get Haskins on my team. Uh, and then I guess the other guy that I really like here is Tyler Algier. Let me say that again. Tyler Algier out of BYU, Atlanta. They just, they actually just released Mike Davis, uh, earlier this morning. So you're looking at a depth chart here, Cordero Patterson, Damian Williams, and then Tyler Algier here, a fifth-round pick. Uh, and, again, this this coaching staff doesn't really have any allegiance to Quadre Allison, who was a fifth-round pick a few years ago. Uh, and, again, Damian Williams, a free agent this year. Cordero Patterson, a free agent the year before. He's on a two-year deal. Anything happens to these guys, I think Tyler, Tyler Algier uh, could be an interesting guy here. And then uh, after that, I'm not really interested in, in snagging anybody else here. Snoop Connor is a fun guy. Jerome Ford for Cleveland, just another – Another good back for them. But Kyron Williams with a good system with the Rams. I'm, I'm, I'm interested there. Maybe a fourth round pick on him. Uh, but otherwise, Kevin Harris for New England. Tyler Batty uh, for Baltimore. Keontae Ingram for Arizona. Tristan Ebner for Chicago. Britton Brown for Las Vegas. And Isaiah Pacheco uh, for Kansas City. So to recap, I'm going to say Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, James Cook. Those are the top three hands down. I'm going to put Damian Pierce at number four. That's just me talking. Uh, and then after that, I think you can get, I think you can get a little creative. I think Hassan Haskins, I think Tyler Algier, those guys are worth considering. 
as the fifth, sixth, seventh best backs. Rashad White's probably in there as well for his pass catching chops. Uh, and then, of course, the San Francisco back, Brian Robinson as well. So that's a lot of fun uh, for the running backs. But we'll move on to the wide receivers where this is probably the meat and the depth uh, of the entire draft here. We'll start at the top, Drake London. Uh, first of all, I thought it was pretty cool that the Drake the Rapper decided to put a 100K bet down on Drake London being the first wide receiver off the board. I thought that was impressive. So uh, anyways, Atlanta Falcons, man, good job not taking a quarterback uh, with that eighth overall pick. You get rewarded with your pick of whatever receiver you want. And they take the big body Drake London. Now, I think if you're looking at uh, just the receivers only uh, in this year's class, Drake London is – to me, he was the number one wide receiver. I know a lot of people didn't like that he couldn't separate or he, you know, he, he's a big receiver that doesn't really have uh, the ability to, to kind of make his own plays. But you're going to see a lot of contested catch uh, plays in the NFL translate. To me, he's kind of a hybrid. If you took Mike Evans and Keenan Allen and blended those guys, that's kind of what Drake London can do. So I'm super excited. I know it's Marcus Mariota, but hey, um, you got to throw the ball to somebody and, and Kyle Pitts is there. So that that's going to help alleviate some things. Uh, but man, Drake London, uh, one of my favorite receivers, he's, he's probably slated to lead uh, the Atlanta Falcons in receptions this year. Uh, Garrett Wilson coming in at number two. I really like Garrett Wilson. I don't know if I like this fit because now we have to compete with Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, a couple tight ends, Michael Carter, Brees Hall, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of attention. Uh, to the offensive side there in the New York Jets system. So I like Wilson. I just, I don't know if, if he's going to come in and just, and just blow everybody away and be the number one target. So I have my questions there. I still think he's a top five dynasty pick. If you need receivers, especially, I think uh, he's going to be a lot of fun, but uh, man, the biggest winner for the Jets is going to be Zach Wilson. He's got so many weapons. Uh, so I like Wilson. I can't guarantee you. I can't guarantee you uh, that he's the second or third or fourth best receiver in this class. Chris Olave went right after him to the New Orleans Saints. I to me, I think I like I like Olave uh, better than Wilson. I, that might be more of a short term thing. I think Jameis Winston has shown that he can he can float two fantasy wide receivers, and he's got Olave's got a Michael Thomas to kind of be uh, his man or his Batman, and then you got Alvin Kamara uh, there as well. I and mean, then after that, like I can legit say Chris Olave is the third best player on that offense, and who knows if Michael Thomas is even going to play this year. So uh, I think there's a legit chance Olave could be the number one or the number two for sure. His floor is the number two receiver uh, for the Saints, and I guess if you include uh, Kamara, he's the number three playmaker. But with Garrett Wilson, he's I mean, he's up there with Elijah Moore. Corey Davis is going to be in line for targets. Michael Carter, Brees Hall, a couple tight ends. Like Garrett Wilson, like I, I think there's a lot of mouths to feed, and we're still unsure of the Jets' offense and Zach Wilson as a whole. Whereas I kind of trust Jameis Winston a little bit more, uh, at least for the next season or two. Uh, but the steal, I, I think the steal here, if you're sitting at four or five and, and they let Jamison Williams slide to you, he was one of my favorite receivers coming into the draft. I think, uh, you know, the, the Lions showed, you know, how valuable he was. They were surprised that he was there at 12. They made the move uh, from 32 to get up there. And even if he doesn't start, you know, he might start the season on the pup list. That's fine. This is dynasty. We're not looking for him to start right away. Uh, but man, I, th I think Jamison Williams could be a lot of fun. And keep in mind, you're not taking Jamison Williams for this season. You're taking him for the thought of next year where the Lions, maybe, maybe they draft a, a quarterback in the top five. We'll see. So I think that's part of the Jamison Williams take. And then the surprise, John Dotson, Washington, they trade back from, I think, 11. 
So they didn't want Chris Olave. They, they traded, you know, with the Saints. They didn't want Jamison Williams, but they wanted Jahan Dotson, who, uh, if you've watched my videos, I put a video out on Jahan Dotson. I liked him a lot. I think he's a lot of fun. Uh, 16th overall, I thought was a bit rich. But, hey, man, if, if he's going to be if, – if there's going to be a receiver that balls, you know, to like 8, 9, 10th, 11th, 12th in your dynasty draft, it's probably Jahan Dotson. And uh, with Carson Wentz, I, th I think it could be kind of nice. And there has been a lot of smoke about Terry McLaurin uh, maybe being traded. But, man, I, th I think especially with Logan Thomas not being guaranteed uh, to be super healthy, uh, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, that's a lot of fun. I, th I think Dotson uh, could be a really sneaky play here. And he could, again, if they let McLaurin walk, man, Dotson could be the future number one there. Uh, sooner than we think. And then, of course, the biggest surprise, uh, man, the Tennessee Titans trading A.J. Brown to Philly, and then Traylon Burks goes to Tennessee. Now, a lot of people did not like the Traylon Burks tape, uh, but I get it. You, you know, he, you put him one-on-one -on -one in press, man, he, he could struggle in that. You know, he's not going to burn people vertically, but if you draft Traylon Burks, you better know how to use him. If you use him correctly, he could be the best player in this draft class, as long as he's moving you know, if you get him the ball and he's able to move downfield, good luck trying to tackle him because he's a he's a bull. And if you can get him doing some horizontal things, get him the ball involved uh, behind the line of scrimmage, I think you can do a lot of fun things with Traylon Burks. And I'm interested to see what Tennessee can do as their uh, as their AJ Brown replacement. Uh, again, so far all these guys one, two, three, four, five, six, all six first round receivers are uh, a first round. Uh, dynasty draft player. Uh, but man, uh, my, my Packers, we traded up for Christian Watson on day two. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I think you can make a case for trail uh, for Christian Watson to go ahead of any of these guys besides maybe London and, and Wilson and Olave. I think, I think for the most part, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Christian Watson flirted, you know, with the, the, the fifth or the sixth pick overall in your dynasty PPR draft. So he's going to be the number one target, I think, for Aaron Rodgers. And yes, there could be some 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 growing pains, but the guy's super athletic. I think you're going to see a lot of attention and effort from Aaron Rodgers to get him on the same page. And uh, it, it could be a lot of fun. And, it, and we know Rodgers is basically signed a three year deal. You're getting you're getting potentially Aaron Rodgers as number one receiver for the next three years. So that's my take with, with Christian Watson. I'm not going to be surprised if, if he beats the first round wide receivers in stats his rookie season. So uh, Aaron Rodgers signed me up. Uh, Wandale Robinson, I'm not a fan of this pick, guys. Let him fall, uh, especially if they move Kadarius Tony. I'm interested, but Wandale, kind of a, a nice, speedy slot receiver out of Kentucky, really fun player. I didn't think he'd go 43rd overall over some of these names, uh, but he's more of a, a late round two dynasty pick. John Mechie from uh, Alabama here, Houston man. I, I really like what Houston did in this year's draft. 44th overall, that's about 20 to 30 picks higher than I saw him going on PFF. Uh, but, man, you're potentially getting the number two receiver there in, in Houston, and we don't know how long Brandon Cooks is going to continue for. So I'm, I'm a big fan of John Mechie here, especially in the second round of your drafts. Tyquan Thornton, if he went to Green Bay or Kansas City or, you know, the Chargers or somewhere where we had a, a fun deep shot quarterback, I think I could be into this one. But Tyquan Thornton, 50th overall. He was supposed to be a, a round four player, and Bill Belichick's just living a round or two early. So I like Tyquan Thornton, super fast. He, he's probably worth a late second-round pick. George Pickens, I think you saw a lot of teams pass on George Pickens. He kind of reminds me of Denzel Mims, the way he fell uh, just a couple years ago. And that's kind of what Pickens' games is. He, he's, a, he's a good vertical receiver, but he really needs to prove that he can do all the other uh, receiving tasks as far as the route tree. 
And I might actually prefer – I think I prefer Alec Pierce and Sky Moore more than some of these guys, Thornton, Mechie, Wandale, Robinson. Pierce, uh, kind of a Jordy Nelson clone. He tested off the charts, super athletic, a lot of fun. Uh, but, man, why do we have to let the Chiefs get Sky Moore? This is almost a direct replacement for Tyreek Hill. So uh, when, when it's all said and done, I think I'm going to rank Sky Moore up here just behind Christian Watson as my wide receiver number eight. It might even have him hop some of these guys just based on, again, you have Aaron Rodgers throwing to you. You have Patrick Mahomes throwing to you. I, I want those guys, uh, you know, especially if they're going to be playing with them for the next three or four seasons. And then after that, we'll just kind of breeze through this. Dallas Jones Jr., the Bears reached way too early on a punt return uh, kind of gadget receiver specialist here. I like Jalen Tolbert with Dallas. He's a sleeper here that I really like, and I'm probably going to put him a little bit higher on the list. David Bell with Cleveland. I know a lot of people are going to say he's not fast, a slow 40 and all that stuff, but smooth. if you watch the tape, you don't think he's slow. He's, he's a smooth route runner, really, uh, really conscious with his feet and his footwork. I, I like David Bell. He's probably a sleeper for me. In the third round, Danny Gray, again, I don't really trust San Francisco wide receivers to develop, but uh, they, they have a, they have a, you know, a way of developing players that's really interesting. Uh, Eric Azukanma from Minnesota. I, I like the tape that he put on Texas Tech. So he's an interesting guy with Adam Thielen aging. Uh, there's an opportunity for him to be the number four receiver this year. And if Thielen gets hurt, he could be bumped into the top two or three. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, Nevada. Really fun receiver for Green Bay. I think he's he's no more than a fourth-round pick, a late dart here. Kellen Austin with Pittsburgh is fun. Khalil Shakir, though, with Buffalo. Again, they got Jamison Crowder there, but this could be your starting slot receiver in, a, in, in 2023. Uh, Mantra Washington, fun receiver for, for Denver from Stanford. Kyle Phillips from, from uh, UCLA going to Tennessee. Jalen Naylor to Minnesota, Michael Woods. I like Michael Woods to Cleveland, uh, Bo Melton to Seattle, Derek Young to Seattle, and Samari Toure. This is a Packer show. You guys know I like Samari Toure, uh, but a lot of fun. I think for me, it kind of ends, you know, right after Tolbert, Bell, uh, maybe even Dobbs, Calvin Austin, Khalil Shakir. So uh, of all the receivers drafted, I'm probably maybe interested in 15 to 18 of them. Um, so that's it. Let me know if you guys have questions on that. And then we'll finish this video with the tight ends. I think there's just a handful of tight ends that I want to draft this year. Of course, it's Trey McBride. I think I'm willing to spend an early second round pick on him. And I was surprised Jelani Woods got the second overall tight end off the board here at 73. I was really hoping Green Bay would snag him. But the Colts, he's bigger than Mo Alley Cox and, and, and Big Mo is big. So that's interesting. I really like Greg Dolchich here, uh, but he's going to be behind Albert O in Denver. But again, he's someone to keep an eye on. Greg Dolchich was a lot of fun and gained a lot of steam. I like Jeremy Ruckert, but again, he's going to be behind Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama. Cade Otten, potential future starting tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who knows if Rob Gronkowski coming back? We know Cameron Brait's there and OJ Howard's out of there for sure. Um, Daniel Bellinger. A lot of fun here from San Diego State, New York Giants. They don't really have anybody. They signed Ricky Seals-Jones, but Bellinger could be the guy in a season or two. I like Charlie Kohler for Baltimore. Jake Ferguson, though, keep an eye on him. He might be, uh, again, I would say uh, I'm, I'm taking McBride in the second, maybe Jelani Woods and Dolchich in the, in the third. And after that, all these guys are just round four guys. Uh, Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kohler, both interesting, uh, you know, receivers for the Baltimore Ravens. I, I like Jake Ferguson in the fourth. And then after that, I'm probably just going to stay away from the tight end. So I'll keep it quick. Uh, but that's it, man. That's the video. I hope you guys liked the show here. Let me know if you guys have any questions or anything you guys might want to see in the future. I think my next video, I'm going to do a, a little mock dynasty draft. Will you open up the Google Sheets? 
and I will uh, I'll go 48 uh, picks deep. We'll go a typical 12 uh, 12 man team, uh, 12 man league. We'll go four rounds deep and get 48 picks for you guys. So that's what's coming up next. Uh, thank you guys so much for your time. Let me know who's your favorite rookie to draft. If you guys are doing dynasty drafts, who, who do you need to have on your team? Uh, not only for dynasty, but who do you want in redraft this year? Let's, let's have a conversation in the comments, like subscribe, all that good stuff. And thank you guys so much. We'll see you in a future video. Peace.